Hey, everybody. Good morning. <clears throat> sorry so much. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition. I'm so sorry. My voice is just a little bit off, like most of us, during this 2020 election season. It has been quite the thing. So today is the 5th of November, and we're still counting votes. It's not like Florida 2020 at all. This is not Florida 2020. This is a much bigger, bigger issue. So there's a lot to talk about because we're going to talk about how right here in my home state of Michigan, Macomb County, that is a stronghold, a Trump stronghold, uh, are a little bit shocked that Michigan went for Biden. We in Detroit, Wayne County, however, are not. Uh, so we're going to talk and expound on that a little bit. And if you're following the conversation anywhere on Twitter these past few days, there is something that you will realize, and it's that the people are, are, are counting. And I'm a little, I'm not surprised, but I'm a little bit disappointed at the Trump campaign that they want to suppress democracy and they want to suppress voters. We've seen all their tactics, so we're not immune to it, and we're not being naive about what their voter suppression tactics are and have been throughout this election process. We're not unaware of it, but what concerns me is that you dare to blow it up in the national spectacle and in the national space, that you want to stop the counting because it's not going your way in Georgia and Pennsylvania, but you want to continue the counting elsewhere. Well, we're going to count every vote because that's what the Constitution demands, and we're going to count every vote because the people have spoken. It's been four years of Trumpism. We're tired of it. We're tired of America looking slack nationally. We're tired of 230,000 people dying and we're not in a war. We're tired of poverty and we're tired of racism. So we're going to talk a little bit about that part of it, the fact that how did this race shape up to be like this? And how, now that we're looking at the polling numbers, we're seeing who is voting. Now, the Democratic Party and the Democratic establishment has some work to do, no doubt about it. They have a lot of work to do. They're going to have to come back to Black and Latino voters and apologize because the Democratic Party spent a lot of money chasing and a lot of wasted time chasing uh, white working class people. And they left the party because now you're seeing why they have left the party. And now black voters and Latino voters, especially black voters, are carrying the weight of the Democratic Party. So I'm going to touch on about three areas in the country that are about to determine Biden becoming the next president. But I want to talk about the story about Macomb County, Michigan. And I want to say, for those of you who live outside of Michigan, I'm going to tell you what it is like historically. Macomb County is northeast of Detroit. Wayne County is in the southeastern corner of Michigan. This is all southeast Michigan. Wayne County is in the southeastern corner. We're right across the river from, from, from Canada, right? And uh, here in this part of, of town, traditionally, there have been more Black people living in Wayne County, primarily because of the city of Detroit. Detroit is the largest Blackest city in America. 78% of the people who live in Detroit are black. So when you see protesters demonstrating yesterday about stopping the count from Detroit, those are not Detroiters. Those are white people who do not live in Detroit, who would never be even caught dead in Detroit. They're so racist. 
So we have no idea how they just showed up at the TCF Center. They must have taken I-75. I just went straight down the ramp. I got off straight downtown and just parked up there and just walked in there. They are not Detroiters. Don't get it confused. So now that you know, so historically, Macomb County uh, was developed when white flight began. Remember when the government was really racist? really back then in the 1940s and 50s, they were really racist and gave loans to developers and to people to buy land so that they could escape black people in the urban areas. Remember that, that's how the suburbs were created. Well, that's what happened to Macomb County. So a lot of the people who live in Macomb County came from Hamtramck, which was a Polish stronghold, right? And a lot of them came from Detroit, which was primarily white in the 40s and the 50s. When more and more black people started moving in from the south in the early in the early 1900s and so on, white people began having issues. So by the 1950s, white people had started moving further north out of the city of Detroit to develop the suburbs around Detroit. That's how Macomb County became white. So it's a heavily unionized area. Most of those folks at the time worked for the plants. They worked for Ford, GM, and Chrysler. So it was a heavily unionized area. They were white working class. All of a sudden now, when more and more black people started entering the workforce, sent their kids to college and the next generation, started moving into areas of industry, started moving into areas of leadership, all of a sudden with the racism starts jumping out. So now that you have some idea of the historical uh, background of Macomb County, you are going to understand now why they thought they had Michigan sewn up. Traditionally, uh, Macomb County has decided the, they say in the last, statistically, they have decided the last seven elections go dating back, I think, to Carter, and uh, they have decided the president and the governor. Nothing is wrong with being wrong. <laughs> you are wrong this time because what happened in 2016 was that Black people in Detroit did not vote. Black people did not vote for Hillary Clinton. That's how come Trump won Michigan by 10,000 votes. So what happened was Trump won because Black people didn't go out to vote. But yesterday, Tuesday, Black people went out to vote because our lives were threatened by white systemic racism due to all the violence, all the systemic racism that became evident after the pandemic. People were just like, we've had enough of this. So they went out and voted and block. You got to look at this within the perspective that 55% of white women voted for Trump, up from 2%, up by three percentage points since 2016. We have a problem in America, and it's called racism. Traditionally, a very few, there are Black people who live in Macomb County, that part of uh, Macomb County, Warren, just north of Detroit, there are Black people who live there. But it's the most racist place you could ever live. I, I've often asked people whom I know who live in Macomb County, why do you live there? I'm like, I wouldn't set foot there. with a, I would not live in Macomb County. They are racist. You remember the story of the black family who were uh, almost killed by a white kid who threw a rock into their home? That happened in Macomb County, in Warren, Macomb County. When the crime in Detroit began to overtake most people, a lot of middle-class Blacks moved out of Detroit and moved into the surrounding suburbs. A lot of them went to Macomb County. They live in apartments. They bought houses there and so on. So it's, it's changing, which is what you see evident in this election. It's changing. 
and they refuse to recognize it. And the thing is, with the thing with systemic racism, it has been exclusively designed not just to suppress the black vote, but also designed to suppress black upward mobility. And so they thought they had a handle on it. This is why white people love Trump. They love the politics of Trump because Trump engages in voter suppression. He engages in class suppression. He engages in suppression, economic suppression. He engages in oppression. Don't disagree with me. I'll get back at you. That's oppression. If you disagree with me, I am the federal government. So I'm the big bad guy in the room and I'm going to send all my big guns at you. That's Trump's way of ruling. And we, the people, have said, time out for that, dude. That was good 150 years ago. We're not going to put up with that this year. The other thing that has become evident in this election as well is that the younger kids, Generation Z, took control of the vote. They went out and said, you know what? It's time out for all this foolishness. The statistics we're reading is that only uh, 52%, like less than 35% of white kids, 18 to 29-year-olds, voted for Biden. The people who primarily voted for Biden amongst 18 to 29-year-olds were Black and Latino. That says a lot about the conversations that are going on in people's homes. Racism is inherited. It's how you're socialized. If you grew up hearing your parents and grandparents talk about Black people in a derogatory manner, chances are that's how you are going to replicate and duplicate. You're going to act the way that you're socialized. But I want to talk about the Black vote in uh, Fulton County right now in Georgia and in uh, Pennsylvania, just like we saw in Michigan yesterday where the black vote saved America, the black voters in Fulton County, Georgia, and in Philadelphia are about to save America again. Isn't it interesting that the same group of people whom white Americans brought here and enslaved and whom you have oppressed and suppressed for more than 400 years are the same group of people who are going to deliver us all from underneath this oppressive rule of Trump. I know a lot of people in Michigan who are Republican are very, are very shocked that uh, they're more disappointed because I don't see how they saw a way forward. I don't know why they thought they would have won Michigan in the first place because last year I did say that Biden was going to win. So I don't know how they thought they would have won. But here are some things that the Republican Party has engaged in under Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not a nice guy. He, he does not play by the rules. He does not play according to the rules of engagement or decency. One of the things that has emerged is that what they did on Tuesday night was they vote that they professed that Donald Trump was leading by were derived from votes counted the day of elections. So their strategy was to present those votes, and if presented that Trump is leading, it gives them the backstage to go back and say that the election was taken from him to create anarchy. That was their strategy. Imagine you having a strategy like that, not a strategy of actually engaging in voter engagement and engaging people to see your point of view that you are the best choice for leader. So naturally, when the backstory started showing up that none of the absentee ballots were counted, then you realize that you were actually engaging in full-on voter suppression. According to a statistic I saw yesterday was that in New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey, 
and in Michigan and so on. They're still counting in Michigan, by the way. You know what's going to happen? The popular vote margin is going to further extend because now they're counting the ballots, the, the mail-in ballots. So the Republican Party engaged in voter suppression by using the Postal Service to not deliver mailed-in ballots by November 3rd in traditional Democratic strongholds. It happened in South Florida, in Miami-Dade County. I myself was a little shocked that Trump won Florida. I still think we need a recount in Florida. We need a recount in Florida because I don't think that Trump's margin of winning is wide. Not if the Miami-Dade County votes were counted. Because Miami-Dade County is primarily, is mostly black and Latino. There is no way. And I'm not talking about the rich Cubans who are dying out. So I don't even know where they're coming up with this group of people. These Cubans, they're getting old. Most of them, they've been here since the 50s. So their parents died out. There are only a few of them left still hanging on. So there is no way that he could have won Florida. No way. So we need a recount. So while Trump is busy calling for a recount, he better be careful what he's asking for because he's about to be embarrassed. Because if the votes are really recounted, if all the votes are recounted, he's not going to win nowhere except in the traditional Republican strongholds across the country, the Iowas, the Idahos, those kinds of Nebraska, North and South Dakota, those places that refuse to be progressive. So what is this saying? When you look at Macomb County, that is a Trump stronghold, heavily unionized, white working class, formerly mostly worked in the factories and now just emerging out of that, moving into the middle class, still very white and still very racist. Macomb County is where you saw a lot of demonstrations from the Detroit area about white police oppression. That's where you're seeing it. They are as racist as you come. What does that say? Yes, we have to talk about it because America does not belong to you. America belongs to blacks and whites and everybody who works here and pays taxes. So for you to sit back and say, well, I don't like how this is going and I am white, so I own everything. You better go sit yourself down because that's not going to fly in this day and age. And check this out. <laughs> 55% of white women voted for Donald Trump. Y'all need to come back and explain to us. Now we see who you really are. You showed us who you are. 55% of white women voted for Donald Trump. What up with that? What's up with that? You're telling us clearly, despite the fact that Trump killed over 230,000 Americans, despite the fact that he ripped children off their mother's breasts, and then forcibly remove women's wombs, despite the fact that he killed the economy, you don't have a say in it because you're not rich. You're not a millionaire and you're not rich. So you're not, you're not part of Trump's America anyway. Despite seeing everything that this man has done to destroy the country you profess to love, 55% of white women still voted for Trump. Now we all know. So none of you, I am. I think we should ever. If when next I run into a white woman, I'm gonna ask. Show me your card. Who who you voted for? So that means if you're running corporations, you're racist. If you're running government agencies, you're racist. If you're running nonprofits, you are racist. If you're working in in state government, you're racist. If you're a white woman and 55% of you voted for Donald Trump, you're all racist. This is why. 
voter suppression and economic oppression rules and continues to be maintained because 55% of white women voted for a man who believes in economic oppression, racial oppression, and every kind of suppression and suppressive motives there are on the planet. It comes down to this. White systemic racism is the problem in America. Donald Trump was elected in 2017, and the way the electoral map folded out was not like it is today. By this time, 2016, the elections were over. They were called from 10 o'clock that night. States barely had 50% of the voting, and they called it for Donald Trump. They wanted to give him the election so bad. They wanted a leader. I saw somebody post something on Twitter just now that says, uh, uh, what's his name? Mitch McConnell is still going to have control of the Senate. I have news for you. We have a filibuster now in, a, in the vice president who can over, overrule what the Republicans say in the Senate. But I don't know that Mitch McConnell is going to be there for a long time. So we'll see how that plays out because his brain is going to go very shortly because when this vote is over today, he's going to have the biggest upset of his lifetime. Because by the end of today, we should get Arizona. Arizona is probably going to be called and Georgia is going to be called. If Georgia is called before Arizona, Biden is done. And then he's going to get the remaining states of Nevada and Pennsylvania, which is going to push his tally up significantly. One way or another, it's going to be done. So it comes back to this question then of why do white people continue to vote for Trump? Well, the reason is simple. It's racism. Macomb County has always been racist because when white people tore across Eight Mile, the divide in, in Detroit that runs east to west, that tore across the, the divide and moved further north with white flight, they took their racism with them. They never stopped practicing it. They handed it down from one generation to the next. It was Biden and Obama who saved the auto industry. In, in, 20, in 2008, we all remember that, don't we? At the time, GM Tech Center, GM's Tech Center is located in Warren, Michigan, on 12 between Mount and Van Dyke. It's a huge complex, right? That's, they were going to move out of Warren, and Warren said, no, if they moved out, they're the largest employer in that area. If they were to move out, they would sink the economy of, of Warren. And yet... These very same people are as racist as they come. Now, it's obvious to us that racism has been engendered for more than 400 years. Clearly, it's not going to go away in four years. But you know what's going to change? We're going to have to change the ways in which we operate. We're going to have to move more of you white women from out of positions of power because you are the ones who continue to suppress and to perpetuate racism. If 55% of you voted for Trump, you need to be removed from whatever leadership position you're in. That means your decisions are guided by racism. They're guided by implicit biases to people of color. Yesterday, downtown Detroit, in the middle of Detroit, they're demonstrating and protesting. Those people are not Detroiters. Those people are white people who probably ostensibly came from Macomb County. That's, I'm sure that's where most of them came from, or further north, uh, northeastern Michigan, northwestern Michigan. 
Those outlying areas of Michigan tend to vote heavily Republican. They're smaller cities and towns. They're not large like Detroit, Wayne County area. Outside of Detroit, the next largest city is Grand Rapids. And even in Grand Rapids, we found that there were mailing ballots that have yet to be counted. So we're still counting ballots in Michigan. So the votes were suppressed around some parts of the Grand Rapids area because those people voted for Biden. Why does America continue to be so racist? Why can't you get over the fact that slavery ended? Why can't you get, first of all, why can't you get over the fact that you do not need to suppress and oppress someone else to feel good about yourself? I don't know how Biden is going to pull us all together to heal because I don't think that you are going to be accepting of that because you still want what you want, which is a leader who represents what you think. That's what the referendum has shown, that you want white Americans who are racist, white racist Americans want a referendum. You want a leader who represents what you think, which is the oppression and suppression of black and brown people. You really do believe that black and brown people should not have a place in America, despite the fact, despite the fact that you took the land from some other brown people, the ones who were here originally, and that you enslaved black people who worked for the first 250 years of the founding of this nation without getting paid. And even after reconstruction, when they were supposed to get paid, you oppressed them so they still didn't get paid under Jim Crow laws. You have got to be kidding me. So when we look at Michigan, when we hear, I, I, for instance, you're not finding me in Macomb County anytime soon because I don't like their politics. A few, I think it was last year, my daughter was working for a law firm in Macomb County. And I tell you, I had creeps just driving through there. I was like, mm, it's just a whole different flavor. Even the air is different. And I went to uh, the courthouse one day to pick, I, I think we, uh, we were sharing a car or something, and I had to drop her off. And I said, wait just a minute. But the black people who are walking in here are the defendants. There were more black people walking in, because obviously you're not going to see the judges or the prosecutors walking in. You saw lawyers walking with their clients who were black. I said, this place is too racist for me. I can't handle it. I'm like, let me get out of Dodge because you see, as you can see, I walk around in my skin and it is very clear who I am and who my ethnicity is. So when you look at this map, what is it saying to us? What is it saying? It is saying that we still have a problem with systemic racism. And it means, therefore, that the Democratic Party is about to be handed the victory of ruling America for the next four years, and the vote is coming down to Fulton County, Georgia, and Philadelphia County, Pennsylvania. Because yesterday, Detroit and Wayne County, Michigan, handed it to the Democrats. As a gentleman who was interviewed on TV said, he said, black men went from picking cotton to picking president. He said, black men are deciding the outcome of the race. And he said, black men have gone from picking cotton to picking president. White Americans like to frame the conversation around the fact that, well, remember on TV Tuesday night, 
when they didn't tell us that the ballots that presented Trump leading were actually the ballots for that were polled that very day. White pundits were blaming black voters. Black voters did not turn out. That was a lie from the pit of hell. Black voters mailed their ballots in because they anticipated that they wouldn't be able to vote on election day because of what Trump had said, that people were going to storm and they were going to have poll watchers and so on. Until people realized that election day, if those kinds of activities actually took place, you would go to jail because it is a crime. Election day is a federal, is a federal observed uh, uh, activity. Therefore, messing with that is a crime, is a federal crime. Welcome to my world. <laughs> So now, even now, when they're protesting yesterday, the feds could have been called. And if the feds had been called, you would go to jail because that's a federal activity. You're, you're, you're opposing the vote. The vote is taking place. And it, it's something interesting to see because here's how white people work. Trump ignores the rules and the laws. He doesn't think they apply to him. So he wants to stop the vote counting not recognizing that the Constitution says all the votes need to be counted, right? So that doesn't apply to him. He should, he's autocratic to think, to say that, well, if I want the votes counted, they should stop counting. What people, however, who have been around the system longer, because it's obvious Trump does not know how government works, you know that Trump is wrong. You know he's wrong, but you're still supporting him because he's white, in other words, what we're saying is you want a white leader just because he's white. You want a white leader not because he's a qualified candidate, not because he's going to best represent the interests of all the country, restore us to our precedence and our prominence in international politics and in the world and restore decency to our country and restore democracy and safety for everyone. You don't care about any of that. What you care about is the fact that you feel if you're walking on the street and you see a black girl and you feel you should beat her up or you should rape her, you should get away with it. And nobody should hold you accountable. And if a white black woman dares to walk into a place where you are running it and you're the HR director or you're the vice president, you dare to say that they don't have to work there. That's what you want. I have news for you. That is over. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen after Biden happens. We're going to take care of that one, too. Do you know that over uh, uh, that there were more than 3 million new voters? That means in the next four years, the kids who are, are 14 now are going to be able to vote. Who do you think they're likely to vote for, having watched this? The children who are 14 today will be voting again. The, the young people who came of age this election, having tasted victory, are going to vote again. The people who are 14 now are going to vote, and they're going to vote in a manner that is representative of progress. We're not going to go back. We're going to move forward. The problem is that you people, you guys are stuck in the mold. And I'm saying this to the Michigan GOP. You need to get off it. You sent people to protest counting the vote. It doesn't look good on your end. It doesn't make you look good. Why are you suppressing the vote? You, want, you don't want people's votes counted in an election in America? So how dare you criticize any other country? 
Let all the votes be counted. We are prepared for it to go wherever it goes. But let all the votes, let the record show that all the votes are counted. You wanted the voting to stop in Michigan yesterday because your candidates were losing. But you didn't count the votes in the first place. And I kept saying that when I went to bed Tuesday night. I'm like, something is wrong with this picture. Because I said, I feel like those votes that were coming in for Trump in Michigan were coming from northern Michigan, western Michigan, and so on. And I'm like, those places traditionally vote Republican anyway. So I'm like, so where are the Democratic votes in the, in the, in the state? Where, why aren't they being counted? I kept saying that over and over. The media is just as biased because the media is owned by Republicans. There's a man named Mitt Romney who owns a company called Clear Channel Communications. They own a lot of uh, media houses, NBC, uh, CBS, ABC is owned by Disney. They're on the board. Yeah. So if they don't own, they have enough shares to be on the, the, the board. Right. So a lot of these media houses are owned by Republicans. Republicans want control of the government because Trump has over $600 billion in government contracts riding on it. He's about to look like a fool because he's going to protest counting the votes. He's going to go down in history as not only the worst president, he's going to be a disgrace to his legacy. Even his grandchildren are going to rise up one day and not want to have anything to do with him because he wants to suppress the vote. How can you call for a halt to the voting? And a lot of people are bringing up the situation that what happened in 2000 with Gore and Bush, let's re-examine that. Gore was never leading Bush in 2000. No, Gore never really was leading. They protested the way in which the counting was done because they felt that in some places there were votes not counted. But he was not leading. That's a whole different thing. When the votes are coming within a percentage point, you really should re-examine that especially when the polling was seeing something else, because everybody was like, are the polls wrong? No, the polls were not wrong in 2016 either. The polls weren't wrong in 2016. What happened in 2016 is what is happening again. The polls were right. Russia interfered in 2016 that we didn't know about and flipped people's names and flipped their votes. This time, the cyber architecture was protected by our security system And guess what happened this time? The Republicans decided they were going to suppress the vote by not counting the mail-in ballots, by not counting Democratic votes. When I woke up yesterday, I began to realize that Democratic votes were not counted. It just didn't sit right with me. It didn't feel like it was the right thing. And sure enough, as they started, and here in Michigan in particular, the Michigan Republican legislature that is controlled by gerrymandering because that's the only way they could control anything. The the Republican-controlled legislature refused to allow the Michigan Secretary of State to count mail-in ballots and early arriving ballots prior to Election Day. They took us to court. They took the Secretary of State to court and won. Imagine that. Right? And so, therefore, when Michigan was coming in, it was misleading. Now you have these folks down there demonstrating I don't know if they have the full picture or maybe they don't want to accept that or understand that because 
party operatives are usually people you don't tell everything to. You don't tell full strategy. You just tell them something and they go out and make a lot of noise. My friends, there's a difference to being informed and making noise. If you're going to make some noise, if you ask me to go talk about something, I am going to do as much research about it as much as possible. I'm just not going to go up and pick up a thing and wave it and make a lot of noise. So when you look at this, they just sent people down there to protest it. So Trump saves face and gives him a chance to go and say, wait, I'm going to take this to my Supreme Court. It ain't going to work either. You know why it's not going to work? This is why we're insisting on every vote to be counted. Because when the vote counts, when you go to court, Trump, something Trump doesn't realize is you have to present what is called what? evidence. When you go to court and you're going to protest the vote, what is the evidence going to show? That the votes, what? The votes are there to to deflect from his complaint. He doesn't know that and he clearly does not think that. He has a quack of a lawyer named Rudy Giuliani, whom the state of New York is probably going to uh, disbar him in a minute. They probably are going to say that he uh, violated judicial ethics and violated the code of legal conduct for being accepted to the bar of New York, the state bar of New York. I guarantee it, he's about to be disbarred <laughs> because he's a quack. You can't run around and mislead facts and say something. It, it doesn't work like that. There are established precedents. And it, the funny thing to me is that you all know this because you have, lived in America all your lives, and you've seen how these things work, and yet you are willing to break the rules just so your guy gets ahead, just because you want a white man who represents what you think as opposed to having someone who is here, as opposed to having the right man for the job, the right candidate who is going to bring the country forward. Let me see what somebody is saying. Julian going down. Of course he is. Do you really think that the state bar in New York is going to let Giuliani get away with the foolishness we have seen? He has carried on with. He participated in the Ukraine explosion. That's what it's going to be. That was a lie. He lied by saying that Hunter Biden, they had Hunter Biden's laptop. He used his position as a lawyer to state facts that were not true, they are going to call his ethics. It's not going to be criminal. It's going to be ethical. And they're going to take him down. (laughs) He had a good career. Personally, I remember Giuliani through, you all remember Giuliani through uh, 9-11? He was okay. He thought he he did a pretty good job running New York. But he and Trump have always been buddies. And he, but he took that to the extreme where everything, Jesus, the last four years have been nothing but a nightmare. I don't want to go back through it because it's going to give me, I've lived with more migraines in the last four years than I've had in my entire life. The last four years have been a drag and a nightmare. I can't wait to get rid of it. I think all of us need a break. I pray that by the end of this day, this nightmare comes to an end and Trump starts packing his bags to leave the White House. He's not going to go out quietly. That much is sure. 
He's not going to go out quietly. When it's all said and done, and Arizona and Nevada and Pennsylvania and Georgia come in, he's not going to go out quietly. And he knows the truth, but he's not going to enforce the truth. He doesn't have the capacity to come to the nation and say, thank you for your time and your service. We must continue the work of building America. He doesn't have that in his character. He is going to come and say, they stole the election from me because what he wants is power. This dude has not come to the public since Tuesday and said anything. Tuesday, Wednesday morning at 2 a.m., when everybody is asleep, he called a press conference to say that he has won the election while votes were still being counted. How could you do something like that? He has no concept of law and order or protecting the integrity of the United States. Trump is about Trump and Trump and Trumpsters. And Trumpism, that's all that it is. He does not care about you, working class white Americans who are busy. You would give your life for him. You would paint Trump on your face, on your whole body, because he's the embodiment of everything you believe. Trump is a millionaire or was a millionaire. Was. He's about to lose everything. He probably has money in Chinese bank accounts and bank accounts everywhere. When he loses tonight... China is going to release the amount of money he has in Chinese banks. They're going to show it to us. China is going to embarrass him. And then because they're a dictatorship over there, then they're going to close his accounts and seize his assets. The only reason they're not messing with him right now is because he's the president of the United States and he has power. When he no longer has power, China is going to close those bank accounts and release it so that we will all see it. And Trump knows this. So he's desperately hanging on to power because there's no way that the New York attorney general and the prosecutors in New York, they're going to go after him for what he has done. His participation in sex trafficking, his participation in everything else. He hasn't paid state taxes in New York, nor paid federal taxes. So I want to ask working class white Americans who your little paycheck that you get You pay taxes out of it. You're a social worker. You're a teacher. You're a factory worker. You work in somebody's office, and you think you are powerful, yeah? Yeah, you think you're powerful. When you look at your year-to-date statement and see how many taxes you have paid, you've paid five times what Trump has paid in an entire lifetime. But you still want to put him there as a dictator to make sure that he. you think you derive some sort of inherent pleasure from looking like he's suppressing black people. Who do you think he's suppressing? He's suppressing you too. Because you don't have the power to ride with him in limousines and ride with him and make deals with him. So you think it's just going to land on us? Well, since we have the votes, we're going to make sure he doesn't get that. Let me read what someone is writing. Because it's number four, Trump's protest is surfacing these tactics. Wow. I remember... The Rudolph Giuliani, who struck a deal with notorious heroin dealer Nikki Barnes that allowed Barnes to exit prison early in exchange for it. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. So here we are. When, you know, when Joe Biden first started campaigning, he said something about campaigning for the soul of America. And it was such a far-fetched term. It was almost emotional. But now I'm beginning to see what, what it means. We have to get back to America the America 
that is the land of the free and the home of the brave. The America that represents that you can still make it if you put in the hard work. You can still enjoy a part of it. You may not become a millionaire, but you can still make it. The America that believes in liberty and justice for all. Not the America that Paula White is praying for. Paula White has a condo in Trump Tower valued at $3.5 million. She has a lot riding on Donald Trump winning because the Trump brand is helping her apartment. She's renting it out and making money off it so she can pay the mortgage on that bad boy. So Paula White has a lot riding on it. And I, I, you know, all these evangelical people who practice porn and are regular visitors to Pornhub.com or pay people off so they can have sex with people in hotel rooms and so on, and then come out here and act like they're God. They're not Christian. They're not following the teachings of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said he came to set the captive free. It's something I rarely hear people, white preachers, preach about in churches across this country, rarely. It's also something that was never taught during slavery. A lot of the apathy that exists towards Christianity comes from how the Bible is presented. The way they're presenting the Bible, that's not how it is. That's really not how it works. So when it suits them, they use religion to control people and they use religious mindsets to dictate it. Like, you know, some guy in Macomb County who was interviewed by the New York Times is talking about, well, Trump stands for uh, women not having abortions. And I had to look, you know, this is me when people bring up that conversation, like, have you ever been a woman? Have you ever gotten pregnant? Have you ever just one day woke up and realized that you're pregnant and you can't carry this child? Have you ever carried a baby in your belly for nine months? Have you ever had a period? Have you ever been a woman with breasts that are swollen? Have you ever nursed a child from your body? Then you need to shut up. And white women who continue to support Trump are hypocrites. You know why? They're on the pill. If they weren't on the pill, they would have 10 and 11 children. So they have two and three children because they take birth control while at the same time doing what? They also go to abortion centers to have abortions, but they're hypocritical and standing in front of you saying that abortion is bad, but they have the most abortions than anybody else. The statistics don't lie. The facts don't lie. <laughs> right? <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me see what you folks are saying here. Uh, can't believe white women voted for him this year. Yes, they did, in more numbers than in 2016. That tells us that we have a problem, and that problem is racism, and we got to fix it. Now, I, pr- I feel that by the end of the day, this is pretty much going to be a wrap for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the clear leader, and he, unfortunately for most people, who thinks that, oh, we are praying for Trump. Uh, God ain't listening to your prayers. You prayed in 2016, and God said, okay, be it unto you according to your will. According to your faith, be it unto you. You want Trump? Let me show you what Trump is going to be like. So he gave you Trump for four years. He destroyed the country, and then God is like, so this man showed you who he is, and you still want him? Not this time. This is for the good of all. Right? Check this out. Somebody else is saying, irony. Protesters in Phoenix last night were chanting, stop the steal. 
not counting all the votes would be stealing. Imagine that. Uh, somebody is asking me, do you think this was male power pushed women or just racism? I think it's just racism. White women are funny. White women are wannabe feminists, by the way, right? So they come out and, and say they're marching for women's rights, but then they go back home to their husbands. So they're hypocrites, right? <laughs> That's number one. Number two, they are going to listen to what their dads say, their brothers and their husbands. But they're also, when primarily racist, they're autonomous enough and have enough agency. But when they get in that voting booth, there's one thing that they don't want. They don't want a black man or a black woman to ever having to leave them. They're determined. They're clear on that. So they're pure racist. That's what it comes down to. It's racism. You see what I mean? <laughs> racism. Thank you, Brother Fuse, for answering. It's racism. That's what it comes down to. It just comes down to pure, unadulterated racism. And the funny, but do you see what I'm saying about them subterfuging the Constitution? The Constitution says we'll count every vote until every, all the votes are counted. And they're saying stop counting the votes. That's what they're protesting about. In Detroit, in Phoenix, they're about to do it in Grand Rapids. They're doing it in Georgia. They're going to do it in Pennsylvania. They want, they will break the Constitution for their racist beliefs. This is shocking, and this should be shocking to everybody, and we need to not forget this so that the next time around, when this comes up again, don't forget the racist-driven arguments that promoted that kind of voting and promoted you voting for someone who is inherently racist. Trump, as an individual, believes that white people are superior. Look around him. Omar Rousseff, a black woman, helped get him elected. And the first thing when they all got into the White House, they kicked her ass out of the White House, kicked her out of their power centers because Trump inherently believes that whites are superior. You cannot have in 21st century America a brother like that running this country. It cannot be. Democrat or Republican, nobody racist should run America. The country has changed and if you don't believe me, take four more years. If by 2024, when all these kids who have been, uh, who are born now are mostly brown because their parents intermarried. So by 2024, these 14 year olds who are like, this is them watching this. They're all on TikTok. They couldn't vote. They're 14 and 16. They can't vote. So they created campaigns on TikTok. Wait till they come of age. They're going to be like, they're going to look at us. Gen Xers, most baby boomers may not even be here. And they're going to say, you know, time out, time out for you guys. Time out for you all. Right? White women have just as much interest in maintaining white supremacy as the men they raise. Absolutely. 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 They have as much interest. Look at it this way. There's a clip I want you to go watch on YouTube. Uh, SNL a couple weeks ago, a guy named William Barr, uh, Bill Burr, right? He said this. He said, white women have helped white men to perform oppression, in his words, crimes against humanity on people of color all over the world. And white women are the beneficiaries. 
white women get to live in nice houses because your men have oppressed people and taken people's lands, taken everything and made enrich themselves. So you're married to them, your fathers, your uncles, your brothers, white women. Go watch that clip. White women are just as vested in racism because they profit from it. I am talking about it because I am a woman of color walking around in my skin. I am not the beneficiary of protected wealth. and protect. I'm not a protected class. In fact, I'm the vilified class. I am the trifecta of when Trump was running, oh my God, in 2016, I used to tell people I'm the trifecta of everything that Trump hates about America. I'm black, I'm female, and I'm an immigrant. He hates people like me. And Republicans were saying, no, that's not true, Harriet. No, you know, it's not. It's, and I'm like, mm-hmm, he does. White women also hate me walking in my skin because I am the trifecta of everything that they oppose. They do not want people of color to be autonomous. They want to hold on to power for as long as they can. And it's not going to happen. There's going to be a seismic shift. I can feel it. It's going to be like an earthquake. It's, white people are not going to understand how the power has been snatched from under their feet. And they keep going into sanctuaries and places of worship and keep saying they're praying to God. God is not hearing you. Because when he gave you the power, you oppressed people. You took people. You raped and pillaged people. And then you continued the oppression even more. The Democratic Party owes black people a lot. And the Democratic Party is going to have to make sure that cities like Detroit, you're going to have to make sure investment stays in cities like Detroit, because it's clear you need Fulton County, Georgia, and you need Detroit, Wayne County, Michigan, to always be black, to always have a voting block. And they're going to have to rethink that. And you're going to have to get rid of the white racist voices within the Democratic Party who think they're elitist. You're going to have to get rid of that. The Republican Party has dismantled itself. They are no longer going to be effective. Uh, Mitch McConnell is going to have a heart attack trying to hold back the tsunami of opposition that he's about to face in the Senate. He's not going to be able to survive that. He thinks he can. He's not going to. It became clear that his re-election should be recounted as well. I still don't believe he won. I think they rigged that thing like crazy. And that's the first place the Democrats should look, is to have a recount in his county. I don't believe that he won that, not fairly and not squarely. They suppressed votes so that he could win because the Republican Party could see that Donald Trump was not going to win, even though Trump was bluffing. They knew the facts. And they knew that he wasn't going to win. That's why they dumped all the votes from Democratic strongholds in cities across the country. So so Mitch McConnell did not win either. So what they did was they said, we got to have our guy and have control of the Senate so we can oppose whatever the Democrats are going to do. And if we pack the Supreme Court, but we're about to pack that out as well. Listen to me very carefully. This is the wrong time for them to try anything. The people who are being elected right now on the Democratic side, we're not making deals. We are going to play. And we're going to play in such a way that everyone benefits, especially the people who have been oppressed for centuries. I'm calling you all out. I'm calling out the Democrats. You better get ready for a fight. 
because we want equality across the board. This is foolishness, and enough is enough. We've had it. I am sick and tired of racial oppression and systemic inequality. I'm sick and tired of the oppression. I'm sick and tired. And if anybody marches down all of the hills, all over the country in major cities, they're boarding up because they anticipate Trump supporters are going to be ignited into fighting. Okay. Well, we welcome that too. We're going to deal with that as a matter of law. The country has changed all of the people marching in Washington. Let me say this. We as black men need to not only accept, but participate in the rise of black women. What are we afraid of? That some of our female activists are lesbian? Really? Well, why would you be afraid if they're lesbian, though? Why would you be afraid? I'm not. I think we need to have this conversation in the black community. Why are we afraid of people of of same-sex origin? I think that's a conversation we need to have. We've been socialized. Notice how white people accept their same-sex people. Black people don't. You need to ask yourself, why don't we? Why have you been socialized to not accept your own people though they are of a different sexual identification. What white people do, they celebrate their sons who are gay, they celebrate their daughters who are lesbians, but black people don't. Why? We need to ask ourselves that. That's just another divide and conquer. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's just the craziest thing you've ever heard because you got to ask yourself why. If it had not been for LGBTQ activists all over the country, we probably would be sitting in a different place today. They got up and activated. They're human people. You, you can't walk in their skin. How do, you know, how do you know what it's like to be gay or to be lesbian or to be transgender? How do you know what that is like? Can you imagine? Your biology says that you are male, but something inside your head is telling you that you're not. Your chemistry and your biology are at odds, pulling against one another. Come on, we need to be a little bit more empathetic. I myself have had to evolve. I myself have had to change the way I preview human sexuality and accept that the way that I was socialized was very, very different from what the truth is. I myself had to go back and read the Bible again and say, well, what context was this written in? Who were the people at the time who wrote this and what was the thinking? What was the sociological construct of the society at the time where this was written? And I said, then what does God say? I had to go pray about it. And then I realized what has God always said? Love one another. That message never changed, irrespective of how we evolve on the issues of human sexuality. God's word is still a constant construct. It's within the construct of humanity. He says, love one another, regardless of how we identify and present ourselves. That has always been the message. So even I had to go back, despite the fact that religiously I was taught that, I had to say, well, who taught you? We need to revisit that because it is crazy. There's so many, you know how I knew something was up? When so many young people around me, had to tell me and explain to me. And I would ask questions. It was very painful to watch people struggle within themselves to explain why they feel the way they do. It was hurtful and painful at the same time for them. Watching them struggle through it made me a better person. And I realized that I was wrong. 
And I had to repent. I had to go to God and say, I'm wrong. Help me. Help me to love all of us, all our people. And I'm closing because I got to go. It's been a while, right? And thank you for your participation. But even with this, 55% of white women who voted for Trump, I don't agree with your politics, and I certainly don't agree with your socioeconomic construct. But I am prepared to listen to what you have to say, if you're willing to come clean, which you probably won't. You're still going to hide behind your facade of progression because you were all marching too, but then you all went and voted for Trump. You all marched when it was time to protest George Floyd, and then you went and voted for Trump. we got to talk about that. (laughs) My friends won't let me. Let me also say that some of the most virulent racists I've ever encountered were gay, especially where (laughs) Yes. That's a twofold thing right there. You're getting people who are, in one sense, struggling with their own selves as well. And they were raised to be racist. So they're, I've encountered that. I've seen that too. Yeah? So they're struggling with their own, they feel bad about themselves. And at the same time, they have to deal with that part. That can't be easy. Is it? (laughs) Nah. Now, but still, though, when this is all said and done, we are all going to have to come together at some point. And whilst we disagree, this is what democracy is about. Democracy is about the fact that we disagree, but on the main things we should agree. And I suspect that these folks who voted for Trump, they're never going to come together. They're always going to be the outliers. Well, the more of us who are like this is the more they're going to be on the brink until eventually they're rendered insignificant and irrelevant. If they won't conform and become a progressive mindset to where they accept that there are different views out there, then they need to stay on the fringes of society. And you need to stay with the people who are progressive, the people who say, we've got to change. Some things are going to have to change. Like I said, it's a seismic shift that is coming. And we're going to see that in the next two years, the next set of elections, you're going to see more and more. A lot more people are going to run for local office. Those local elections, those local elections are going to be the deciding factor. As you can tell, I got to go, right? Thanks, everybody. Today's Thursday. By the end of this day, we're going to know something certainly by tomorrow. It's going to be a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Thanks so much. Be blessed. Thanks, everyone. Be blessed.